It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me here on Talent Talk. It's uh, Tuesday, so we are live here um, coming to you uh, from uh, off-site, uh, but we've got uh, Paul working the boards there live, so we are uh, ready to go here. In case this is the first time you happen to be tuning in, let me tell you a little bit about the show uh, outside of the intro you just got. Um, you know, I have the real privilege of meeting a lot of very inspiring and cool leaders all the time, and, and so... I generally, when I find them, I ask them a lot of questions, try to find out what they do and how they do it so I can learn and get better. And so this show is really that opportunity to let you to listen in and hopefully gain something uh, from your own, uh, you know, from listening to our conversation. Hopefully you can take something and use it back in your own life. As I said, uh, Talent Talk is live. It's every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, although a lot of you come in and listen to us live, most of you come in after the fact. So the last several years, we've amassed a really great following of those of you uh, listening to the iTunes podcast, also listening on iHeartRadio, uh, over 10,000 a day, which I think is something like 3 million people a year. And really a big uh, thank you to everyone who's show, uh, following the show on a regular basis. One of our uh, favorite things with all of that engagement is having people uh, send us questions and feedback and comments on Twitter. And in case you're not using Twitter, they have recently made some radical changes um, to how they work. Um, you won't be getting all of those automatic DMs, and they seem to be cleaning it up their act a little bit. So Twitter might be worth you checking out again if you've it's been a while. But um, we'd love to have you send us questions there at PeopleG2. Use the hashtag Talent Talk. My producer Mike will try to feed us in, feed me in the, any good questions we have, or if it's after the show, we'll we'll go ahead and respond then. So today I have uh, two guests, uh, normal format, and uh, the first one will be uh, Wayne uh, Bellotto, the president and CEO of Webco HR, and then we will have Jillian Phelan, a co-founder and board member at Red Canoe Ventures on, and she'll join me in the second half of the show after the commercial break, but uh, let's go ahead and bring in my first guest, uh, Wayne, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, how about you? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me on your program. I'm really excited about the opportunity. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where we get today and what kind of great things we can get into. Um, but to start off, the obvious question is, is tell everyone about yourself, you know, a little bit about what you do, your history, and, of course, what your company does, Webco HR. Okay. Well, I'm a Southern California kid, grew up born and raised in Southern California, grew up in Whittier, graduated from Cal High, California High School. I'm from a family of entrepreneurs. My father, when I was growing up, he was, he was a tool and die maker, and he he did a lot of selling and dealing on the side, make extra money for the family. 
My older brother owned several businesses as I was growing up. In fact, I worked for him a couple times. Uh, one of my other brothers, he, he's self-employed. He builds hot rods for a living in, in Whittier. He has his own business. You know, and then at, shortly after high school, uh, I started my fir- first business. Uh, I put my way through college with it. I went to Fullerton College and then later transferred to uh, Cal Poly Pomona, where I graduated with a bachelor's degree. And... Uh, Spent many years after that in at, as a senior level HR professional working for a number of different organizations, including Orida Hines, Unical, E.B. Bradley Company, West Coast Laminating. When I was working in my last uh, position with E.B. Bradley Company, I started I, through. I do a lot of networking, so I've always done that. So people started asking me to help them with projects, HR related, recruiting related. And pretty soon, I just, all of a sudden, I was self-employed. I was doing so many projects. I started my own firm and been doing that ever since. So I started uh, Webco HR in 2000, July of 2005. And um, uh, what we do is we provide HR support and outsourcing for companies of all sizes. You know, large companies uh, that uh, just don't have enough staff to complete all the projects that they they need completed in the HR department, and then smaller companies that don't have the budget and the resources to hire a full-time HR person. We 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 also provide exec, executive search and uh, recruiting services to our clients. So we pretty much can handle anything to do with HR. Our specialties are are mainly a big strength in compliance, labor laws, regulations, performance management employee relations, policies and procedures, and training. Now, we do a lot of employee handbooks. That was uh, my last, what, the, the last thing I said. Okay. So I know you have a long history in HR and business management. What sort of attracted you to to the field of HR to begin with? Well, when you know, when I, would, I, I transferred from Fullerton College uh, to Cal Poly as a business major, and they had several concentrations, and what I wanted to, to base my education on was operating a small business, because at that time, I had a small business of my own. Uh, so I was directed that to, to major uh, in the concentration of management and human resources, which was what I was advised to take uh, by my counselors there at Cal Poly. And uh, that was what was, was normally small business management. So along with that, I, I was involved in a lot of HR-related courses. And at the same time, I, I took a lot of night classes. So uh, a lot of my professors were full-time HR people during the daytime and, and teaching classes at night. So I, I got a lot of perspective of the HR field, and I, I decided you know, that this was the direction I wanted to go. I, I really fell in love with HR and, and developed a passion for it. So uh, when I graduated, that's what I went into. Uh, I sold my business, and I actually went into uh, being a full-time HR manager. I know one of your focuses of your company is to really help clients identify and attract and retain you know, top talent, which you sort of started talking about there in your intro. Maybe when you're con- considering the identity of, a, of attracting attracting good talent, you know, where do, where do companies generally look for talent, and what is it that most of these kind of talented individuals looking for what's sort of that synergy that are you seeing right now happening between you know the top candidates and the top companies getting together well 
you know, most companies, and this is where I try to come in and help out with companies, you know, the, the, uh, most companies now are what they're doing is they're, they're placing ads out on job boards and, you know, getting, you know, hundreds and hundreds of resumes coming in. And it's, it's a real task uh, for them. What I try to do is help them out with my recruiting services and my HR consulting and, and look at different ways of just the standard job board placements. What I mentioned earlier was, was networking. Um, I do a lot of networking. You know, uh, one, of, one of the things that, that companies, not a lot of companies do uh, anymore is try to attract talent from within to begin with. Um, a lot of companies don't even post open positions uh, within the company, especially, you know, large companies. So that's one of the things. And then networking. Uh, you know, there's, there, there's so many different types of networking available, you know, now. That the most common ones, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, then trade associations, call, college alumni groups, things like that. And just, you know, one, one thing with me, you know, whenever I'm out and about, I let people know what I do for a living and give them my business card and things like that. So, you know, a, a, attracting, what I look at for candidates is try to find the the candidates that are more passive, that are out there, not necessarily shopping for a job, looking at, at job postings, but they're not totally content with where they're at. So if they develop if they run across a, a great opportunity uh, they'll look into it you know I look into databases and again um, look in, into networking and, and things like that you know candidates what they're, they're looking for is stability uh, in the work you know place they they uh, they're looking for a great company you know one of the things I try to help my clients and people that um, I work with is they, the, the employers need to become an employer of choice, build that brand for their company so people are out there looking and trying to come aboard into their company. There's a lot of great companies that, that do that now. So, And I guess once you find the, you know, the right candidates and a company really works to get them there, you know, retention then becomes a real serious issue. Um, especially with it being as competitive a market it is right now. Um, there's a lot of great job opportunities out there for the top workers. So is that something that companies you're seeing right now excel at, or are they struggling with it? And, um, you know, are they are you seeing a lot of companies kind of having the revolving door effect right now? Well, there's a little bit of both. Uh, the retention, of course, starts with the recruiting, getting the right people to begin with. Then once you, you know, you get those people, you have to, first of all, uh, it, and this is the problem I run across a lot with, with, with uh, companies that are co- uh, coming and asking me for help, is that, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest mistakes is, you know, they sell the, the company, they get people excited about coming abo- on board, but then, one, you know, the, the onboarding process and, and, and things like that, they don't follow through on what they promised the person up front. Um, you know, so give the give the people what 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 you told them uh, you were going to give them. Another thing is that you know you're you're let's say we're hiring somebody as as an entry level position. Look at that person as where they where, where are they going to be in their career 
in two, five, ten years and see how they fit into your their career development uh, uh, goals fit into your development cycle within the company. Uh, offer, you know, people are looking for stability. They're looking for a great company culture, a great place to work. Um, they need to be challenged and appreciated. Give that to the people. Challenge them. Uh, give them a great opportunity. Give them goals and expectations to work for and to meet. You need to communicate with, with your new hires and actually all of your people. Communicate. Make sure that they, they, they develop and maintain those good working relationships with their managers and coworkers. Uh, have the great onboarding program, training, follow-up. There's nothing worse than hiring a new uh, employee and then dropping them into to the position and they don't know what to do and they don't get help. They don't get adequate help. They get frustrated. And that's the re- some of the reasons that they bail. If you promise something in an offer, give it to them. Uh, communicate with them on a, a, a regular basis. Reward them. Um, you know, even if you're a smaller company and don't have a lot of money uh, to invest in, in gifts and you know rewards and that type of thing, people really appreciate just the little things. Barbecues on Friday afternoon. I had one client that that the president of the company. This is a Two hundred million dollar company. He went up to their their Hayward location, and in a previous life, he had been a, a car detailer. So uh, you know, they had a, on Friday afternoon they had a barbecue, and he washed and detailed everybody's car in the warehouse himself. This is the president of the company, so he put himself on the same level as everybody else. And, and so um, it's little things like that, treating people with dignity and respect. Let them feel that they have ownership in the company, uh, that their job isn't just a, you know, an eight to five. Uh, challenge them. Continue to challenge them. And, again, the last thing is that, that I always encourage my, my clients is that maintain a, a solid uh, performance um, management program. Uh, do annual reviews. Let people know where they're at, how they're doing let people know if they're not doing good. Let people know if they're doing good. And uh, just keep track with that. And, and so you bring up some good points about what maybe um, you know, some good companies are doing and give us some good examples there. I also wonder, since you're talking to a lot of these people who you're possibly pulling from one place and putting them in, into your clients, um, uh, as employee, uh, as employees, are you seeing things that maybe the individuals are talking about as reasons why they're leaving their current company? Um, you know, maybe it's pay, uh, maybe it's culture, maybe it's uh, the, the bad boss. I mean, whatever it may be. But what are there, are there some kind of constants that you're hearing over the last year or two? Well, you know what? When I recruit, I recruit for all levels, anywhere from a truck driver up to a CEO, and, and the biggest. The biggest thing that I see is that companies tend to promise a lot and get the person real excited in the interview and the onboarding process. Then they drop the ball. They don't come. They don't come through with that they what they promised, and the the person gets frustrated right away. On the other hand, there's lack of training sometimes, where the person is dumped into a position, even if they have experience in that profession. Every company is a little bit different. Software that they use, those type of things, 
they need some there's a learning curve they need some training a lot of companies they drop the ball right away and don't follow through people get frustrated uh you know especially you know sometimes it's money people say that money's not important but you know what people have to survive so i've i've seen companies where they tell the person well we'll start you off at this and if you pass the 90 day probationary period then we'll bump you up a little bit but then they never get bumped up and uh another thing is that a lot of companies tend to not give increases unless they're the person asks for one, and I find that to be, uh, you know, unacceptable. People should be rewarded for their performance. They don't. They shouldn't have to ask of it. So a lot of times, in, in, in some companies, you see people that the only ones that are getting rewarded are the ones that are crying about it or, or asking for it, not the ones that really definitely deserve it. Um, and and again, and one of the main things is. is to keep people, you know, have a really solid comprehensive compensation program uh, that's competitive with the competition, with the market. You know, a, a lot of times, especially in the lower level positions, people will accept your offer of employment because they need a job. They need that food on the table. But as soon as something else comes around, if you're not competitive in the market, as soon as something else comes around, they're going to bail. They're going to go to take that other position. And then an, another problem I see a lot is lack of professionalism within the company. You see, the, you see, senior managers acting uh, uh, unprofessional um, and, and, and not communicating properly uh, with people. Sometimes you see, uh, you know, uh, people that seem to have more professionalism than who they report to. Uh, and it frustrates them, and, and they leave. And then there's the other thing, you know, money, additional benefits. They look for better opportunities. Some people, they 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 get to a position where the only way they could get a promotion is leave to another company for a higher position. And then again, what we talked about before is the company culture. That that's a big thing, also. Do you see some um, distinct differences maybe between big companies and small companies with all the things you just mentioned? You know what? It, 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 it's funny that, that you bring that up because, you know, that sometimes there's a difference between big companies and small companies. But I work with companies of all different sizes, like I said earlier. I have clients that are global clients, and I have mom-and-pop shops. And... For instance, I have some small family-owned companies that you know, they have they have a higher level of technology than some of these companies that are five hundred million dollars a year in sales. It, it, so it, it depends on it comes down to the same. It, it you the big company if they don't have you know their culture set their engagement processes and, and all of that in line, their onboarding, their their employee relations and all of that in line, they're not going to hold they're not going to retain their their employees. The smaller companies, I see smaller companies that have their uh, their game set, their game plan set, their strategy set, and they're doing a great job. And they have people that start there at entry-level positions and end up retiring there. So uh, I don't think the size of the company matters. 
sometimes the only thing that I see as far as the size of the company is sometimes there's not enough room for growth. If, if, if uh, you get uh, an entry-level person that's co- coming in and, and they're, they're building their career and stuff like that, they finish college, and sometimes there's not an opportunity, so they have to leave the company for another opportunity. But um, the size of the company doesn't always uh, make the level of professionalism and that, that uh, uh, company culture as people would, would expect them to be. Right, absolutely. Well, uh, one of our favorite questions to ask uh, our guests is, uh, is there a book you're reading right now or maybe you recently finished up that you might suggest uh, you know, we check out? One that I've, that, that I've purchased and started to read, I haven't gotten really into it yet, uh, but it, it really caught my eye and I purchased this. It's called On Fire at Work. It's, it, it's about how great companies uh, ignite the passion within people. Uh, and um, uh, it, it, it has a lot to do with, with building and, and, you know, company culture, maintaining that co- company culture, employee uh, engagement strategies. Uh, what they do is they, they, they look at top-tier le- leaders in, you know, the best companies throughout the, the world and try to, you know, figure out what their strategies are to get people to work harder, perform better, and stay longer with the company. So that, that, that's a book that I'm working on right now. That's kind of what, uh, you know, my, my, my workforce strategy is looking towards right now, is helping people uh, and, and companies to develop that culture. And as I, as I mentioned earlier, to be that employer of choice within the community and the industry. Well, it sounds like a good book that uh, our listeners may want to check out. Um, you know, uh, how, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more about uh, Webco HR? Well, webcohr.com. They could contact me at, at my email address is wayne at webcohr.com and email me. Um, I will give out my phone number, uh, my cell phone number. I'm always open. Uh, for chat, you know, I will will help out people and communicate with people, um, you know, over the phone via the internet. Even if you're not a, a, a client and I'm not uh, uh, charging you for it, I, I will help out. So I'm there to help people. So, well, great, Wayne. I really appreciate you being on the show today. I've uh, learned a lot, and uh, hopefully, we have you come back at some point and give us uh, an update. But uh, thank you for joining us today. Well, well, thank you so much, Chris, for having me. I really enjoyed the time. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with our second guest, Jillian Phelan. Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months, and the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system, or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? 
Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. In case you're just joining us, uh, we had a great interview there with uh, Wayne Bellotto. Uh, you can listen to his show and other past shows by going to TalentTalkRadio.com. Up next, we're going to have uh, Jillian Phelan, a co-founder and board member at Red Canoe Ventures. Um, as a reminder, you can tweet questions to her and to me uh, or send your comments at PeopleG2. Use that hashtag TalentTalk. Love to have you do that and start the conversation there. But uh, let's go ahead and bring her in. Jillian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Why don't you uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, what we you know, what we should know about you, and, of course, uh, what you're doing over there at Red Canoe. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, so we are an investment, finance, and growth advisory business really focused on helping small businesses develop and execute their growth strategies. Our work ranges everywhere from helping companies uh, and making investments in them all the way through to assisting with their financing solutions and overall management consulting. So I know prior to, to kind of getting into that world, you had a career in, in uh, recruiting and HR, and maybe you could share a little bit about some of the things you did over there and what you're involved with, uh, you know, as it relates to, to that kind of part of the world uh, before you got into what you're doing now. So the largest part of my career was really focused on talent acquisition, both from a tactical as well as a strategic perspective. Um, The last portion of my career was really focused on human resources in totality. Um, And my HR responsibilities ranged from everything, including workforce planning and performance management, all the way through to cap table management and business metrics. and analytics reviews. So it's I had the luxury of a broad-ranging HR career. Well, and I imagine that after uh, a career in human resources and really dealing with some of the things that you kind of just mentioned, and I assume maybe exciting to help people on this side of it with uh, smaller companies and helping them really execute their vision, um, you know, through financing and through support. Um, how has that transition been? I've. It's been exciting and thrilling. I um, the earliest part of my career was uh, in merger and acquisition work, so uh, I had I always had a little proclivity towards that or enthusiasm towards it. Um, although I took the rest of my career through HR, so helping and being able to work with entrepreneurs on like their key business drivers and hel- helping them build value has it's been amazing. I guess finally I get to bring maybe two different careers or two parts of my background together in one venture. Yeah, that's kind of a good way to put it. And have you seen, you know, sort of synergies or um, maybe kind of unexpected overlaps um, uh, now being in the, in the new spot? Uh, definitely. I, I think every entrepreneur at some point or other will ask themselves or inquire about, how to structure and build his or her organization, as well as how to hire within his or her organization. Um, For some reason, both of those, especially once they're at an accelerated growth rate, tend to, and or if they've made mistakes in hiring, they tend to circle back to those kind of pillars and wonder how to do it and how to, to navigate that world. 
and so you've had the the opportunity to to look at talent management to help in that HR focus, and now you're kind of really talking about helping entrepreneurs kind of think about that and how they're going to do that. And I imagine you've you've been able to to observe some really um, fascinating and talented uh, people that are looking uh, to to really move their businesses forward, maybe even a few failures, maybe a few people that, that didn't quite come off the ground. But are the things that you're seeing that maybe are attributes or kind of um, uh, things that you, you expect from these successful and talented people uh, that you're working with um, as sort of a precursor that they might be on the right track? Mm, that's a good question. Um, the majority of the entrepreneurs that have made it, let's go there first, are, or continue to make it, are obviously motivated and passionate, but their underbelly it consists of un, an unrelenting focus. Like, they've, at least for some reason or another, have realized that they are not all things to all people, but rather they've got one very deliberate or specific, or maybe two, uh, deliberate or specific intents that they're going after, and they do it with every portion of their focus and i've watched time and time again there's something about that 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 begets their longer term success they just aren't scattered in terms of where their focus is or where their energy goes right so having that hyper focus knowing what their goals are uh, putting the resources and the energy to achieve that that's really key um you know, I have noticed that about some successful people that they will often ignore parts of their life or ignore even ignore opportunities because it doesn't align into that focus that they have. So it's, a, it's an excellent point. Um, I think the, sometimes those people around them may be slightly confused by that at times. <laughs> uh, but, but I think you're absolutely right. It's um, also why consulting with them can be so refreshing because they oftentimes don't lift their head to ponder or um, or think about some of the things that may come easy to someone who's working in a consult- consultative capacity. Yeah, that's a good point. So and then bringing in experts or consultants to help them uh, may be the best way for them to, to think about those things in a separate context as opposed to trying to think about every possible thing within just their team or just even inside their own brain. Um, yeah, it can be really good. I know you have some very focused areas uh, in which the uh, Red Canoe Advisor Group is focused on uh, in their investing. So um, why have you chosen maybe these particular markets and you know things like mobile or SaaS or medical services and manufacturing? But where is kind of the focus and why have you really looked to, to, to focus in on there right now? So we are obsessed with SaaS and the business model because it's so measurable. They're the metrics that go along with the success uh, can point individuals in such clear um, directions. So SaaS is just a passion of, of a, myself and a bunch of our team members. Um, Beyond that, a lot of the other work that we do, whether it is in mobile or medical services, even the manufacturing work, was really um, what grew our company up and really what kind of created life to Red Canoe. And those relationships came out of, um, or those engagements came out of relationships that either myself or some of our team members had in the past. Um, There's 
tons of opportunities within all of those markets. A lot of them tend to be high growth or fragmented. So our ability to add value from a long-term perspective, we've found it's been significant. And the SaaS model is really interesting, and I, I and I can see how it would be so attractive to a company like yourself. I mean, to be able to measure, to be able to know, um, see that revenue, you're a little bit less um, concerned about uh, changes in the market as far as month-to-month buying. If, if there's sort of a model there where they you, you can count on that uh, that particular income uh, for those. So, uh, do you guys um, focus exclusively on SaaS, or is that just sort of where a heavy focus is? It's just a heavy focus right now. It's we, we were equally surprised that it's um, starting to float our way in greater volume. Right, right. Well, shifting gears a little bit, I know you, you kind of mentioned a little bit uh, early on there uh, in our conversation about HR analytics. Uh, you come in to the investing side of things with an understanding of, you know, how to look at things from a standpoint of, of those analytics and what's working and what's not and maybe why it's working. Uh, maybe what sort of things uh, do you look at um, beyond maybe just simple profitability or EBITDA or things like that uh, when you're considering a new company? Well, interestingly enough, there I we love metrics. We'll go deep on any of the any of the metrics, whether it's with you know fintech um, clients and helping to to leverage their data for creditworthiness or. Um, capital injection all the way through to SaaS with the millions of metrics that go along with that. But we, the management team, <laughs> interestingly enough, so we can measure and, and cut and look at the data as many times as we want, And but I found time and time again the management team and the ability to accept change and view opportunities um, in a very open manner is also a, an extremely important driver for for making an investment in our in some of the organizations, but as well as working with them on where they want to be. Hmm. And and so and then uh, if you kind of you know expand beyond that, are there other metrics that maybe you've seen um, kind of show you a pretty good predictor that a company might be successful or that a company might you know be in trouble? Uh, I'll go back to the SaaS world just because it happens to be on the tip of our tongue. So. Uh, to your point, SaaS can be such a fun business model because there's recurring revenue month in to month out, but there's so much more that'll tell the story once you lift up the hood. So whether it is the the churn associated with the, that month in revenue, oftentimes we've stumbled across organizations that look great on paper, but you get in there and realize, my goodness, they're losing their clients or their customers month in, month out, and that churn rate isn't begetting the long-term opportunity, long-term value of the company. Um, so oftentimes it's simple metrics like that all the way through to um, we've worked with a handful of organizations that their cost to acquire their customers is so significant. They haven't really um, lassoed in how they're pulling in the front end of the pipeline, and it's really not helping them be as profitable as they can be towards the back end. So um, it really runs the gamut, but those are probably the two that we've seen most significantly recently. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um, you know, so I was kind of wondering if you're seeing, uh, 
you know, maybe particular issues. Um, You you sort of allude to a little bit about uh, entrepreneurs thinking about how they might hire the right team, how they might get the right talent in there. And certainly there are times in a company's history there's different iterations of it. Maybe maybe it's when they hit 10 employees, maybe it's when they hit 500. But there are these different sort of inflection points when, as a company grows, they have to rethink about their culture, rethink about their talent, rethink their management. So... Uh, you know who's on their senior team. Have you have you seen some of that recently? Whether it's with your clients or companies that you know, and maybe what are some of those you know more um, the, the kind of the the hotter topics that you're seeing happening right now as it relates to to what some of those CEOs are thinking about. Great question, and and I'd say I see it recently as well as as for a big chunk of my HR career, which is. How do I hire and how do I build the organizational structure? And I always found that fascinating. But let's start with how to hire. I found entrepreneurs, they like to be the smartest oftentimes in the room. I mean, they they oftentimes will have egos, which is great. It's gotten them very far. But there's a big, I've found a lot of counseling done on my behalf, and especially Red Canoe now, on shifting away from, maybe being the guy or the gal who knows everything to starting to open up to hiring individuals perhaps that are smarter than them that bring broader perspective so that as a whole the entity can grow and evolve and i that chasm between the person with the focus with the knowledge with the um, know-how to leveraging and needing employees that bring perhaps bigger and broader perspectives is something I, I, I've seen quite often. Um, and then I have found it fascinating the amount of time uh, I even spend now working with organizations on, well, then how do I structure this thing from the IT engineering portions of the organization through marketing on into the product development, you name it. Organization, uh, CEOs and entrepreneurs, I always say they have a, they have one piece of the business that's their true passion and the hardest for them to let go. And I, it'll, it's been, could even be on the sales side, but it's in one of those disciplines that also there's a little bit of unwinding that needs to be done there to hire well, but also kind of extract the, the owner or the leader from being the sole individual responsible for one segment of the business. Yeah, that's fascinating. And so are are you seeing that that being a, um, you know, a real indicator for then possible growth and success in the company or, you know, is it sort of client by client? Good question. It's definitely client by client. But I, I, so I brought all that up because it's really, it's for me personally, it's been always been a fascinating area of con, there's so much consulting and time and um, energy that goes into both of those pieces, how to hire and, and how the CEO can let go of control, and then how to build and develop and organize the, the organization and the talent. And perhaps it's because I always have come from such a traditional HR background and studied it for so many years just by being a part of it, that it's... It, it constantly surprises me that that is such a deep area of question or those both of those are deep areas of question and I without being impolite I always think like this is the most fun or the easiest part <laughs> um, 
But it really isn't the case for individuals, entrepreneurs who have a passion, who pursued it, who have very keen focus. Um, I time and time again find that it trips them up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And often the, the struggle I have is that um, sometimes the companies that need the help the most um, are are not thinking about it and or won't even consider taking it. Um, whereas most of the companies that I find I end up working with are the B plus or A minus companies looking to be A plus companies, right? They, they're already thinking about it. They're already focused on it. And they want to get even better. Um, and then you look at someone who's maybe a D minus <laughs> and if they just did a little something, they could probably be a B minus and make things remarkably better. And yet that's not really their focus or their thoughts. So it is so, so true. Yeah. So it's always fascinating to me there on that one. Well, uh, one of our favorite things to ask, and uh, I'm going I'm to guess you might have a good answer given your uh, kind of curiosity and all, and all these things, um, is there a book that you're reading right now or maybe you've recently finished up that uh, you suggest uh, the listeners might want to check out? Oh, you're so sweet for asking that because I'm going to fail you on having a good answer. I, okay. I I literally am reading Matilda by Roald Dahl right now. I have a nine-year-old daughter, <laughs> and we sit and read it together. So beyond that book, and I really can't recommend that because I'm sure your listeners are fell out of their chair with that one. Um, the only other book that I do read annually is Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. And again, it's not a – it's a more of a – deep thinking introspective piece rather than a business piece um but in all candor that is that's the content of my library or what sits next to my bed at the well, moment this is exactly why we ask the question because we get such unique answers and everyone has okay, a different book or a different thing that they're doing uh, i'm sure i'm gonna take a wild guess and say at least half of our listeners if not more probably 75 percent have children so uh, or grandchildren, and so I'm sure that Matilda would be a uh, a great suggestion for them. And then, of course, Profit as well would be a great uh, book if they haven't checked that one out before. Uh, they might want to check that out. So that's uh, you, you, that was a perfect answer. That's perfectly what we expect, uh, which is not what we expect. <laughs> okay. Well, my intellectual prowess was not demonstrated there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I really appreciate you kind of sharing all the different pieces of, of things that you have. Um, uh, it's really kind of fascinating for me to kind of see the transition of where what you were doing before and where you are now, and some of the fo- uh, focuses you have with the uh, with the new venture. Um, you, you know, you mentioned a lot of different things here today. If, if somebody maybe only heard one thing, if they only paid attention for maybe a few seconds, uh, what's that one thing maybe you hope they they might have heard or they might remember? Uh, later on today if they were, you know, recalling this conversation? Um, Well, Red Canoe Ventures currently is, we are made up of a a team of tenured advisors. All of us have a ton of business experience. So if anyone out there is a small business or an emerging organization, really where we are providing significant value is everything from... um, executing on their growth strategies all the way to assisting with financing solutions and then as you heard me today overall management consulting of course my uh, pedigree in human resources and talent management is one that i can speak to the greatest well how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more about uh, red canoe ventures oh great my email address is jillian so it's j-i-l-l-i-a-n at Red Canoe, 
net. And I'd love to hear from anyone. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'd love to hear from anyone. We're always happy to be of assistance. I give a lot of freebies away. I believe in good karma. So never hesitate to get anyone on the phone. I'm sure they could check out the website as well. And um, Jillian, uh, thank you for joining me today and providing uh, such great insights uh, on the show. Uh, I'd love to have you come back at some point and give us an update on uh, what you're doing and how the company's going. Great. Thank you. It was lovely. All right. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show today. Hopefully you've gained something that you can use in your own career. Um, Next week, my guests will include uh, Nicole uh, Le Marie, I'm probably saying that wrong, the founder of uh, People Engine, and then um, probably one more guest we'll probably get in later. But uh, until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2.